This is a Village Soundcast Network original production. Welcome to Turning a New Leaf, where we discuss the changing face of Canada as it prepares to legalize and regulate recreational marijuana across the country. Turning a New Leaf is produced by the Village Soundcast Network, and I'm your host, Sean King. Enjoy. Today's guest is Tim Kahoot. Tim is the founder of Kahoot Media, now called The Camp. A few years back, Tim and his agency created a campaign around weed myths, and the goal was to educate youth, uh, various demographics of youth, on the truth and not-so-truths about marijuana use. We hear about the potential links to psychosis and how young kids really need to be if we want to educate them. Tim Kahoot, coming up next. Today, we've got Tim Kahoot in the office. Am I saying that right, Kahoot? Is yeah, it's perfect. Perfect? Okay. Perfect. Good. We're off to a good start. It's, it's, <laughs> it's Ukrainian. Yeah? It means rooster. Are you serious? Yeah. I'm going to come up with something. I'm going to come up with animal. something. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so Tim is the founder of Kahoot Media in Halifax. Now, before we dig in, I'm going to start with a handful of things here. So you grew up in Manitoba. You've been a chef, a professional musician. We could talk about that maybe later. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got a doctorate degree in chiropractic medicine. Yes. Crazy. Yep. Uh, you launched your creative and business development agent, Kahoot Media, in 2002. Um, now, you got three kids. This is all going to be relevant in a little bit. Um, you've even made a run at politics. Yep. So I, you're interesting. I'll, I'll start with that. <laughs> you sit on numerous boards and committees in the neighborhood. You've also worked for, uh, with the Department of Early Psychosis, the McPhee Center for Creative Learning, and Lang House. And so I've got this all right so far. That's right. Okay. Yep. So this is going to be interesting. And the recent uh, one of the reasons that we're actually talking uh, with you, Tim, is you had told me about this, uh, the Weed Myths campaign that your organization did a while back. And I thought it would be good to start with this. So how does how does your company get involved in doing a weed myths campaign? And I'm actually kind of interested in why you even called it that. Sure. Well, we were contacted about a year ago um, by the uh, Department of Psychiatry from the uh, the hospital, and they work in conjunction with uh, Nova Scotia Health Authority and Dalhousie University. Mm-hmm. So there's a department called the um, Nova Scotia Early Psychosis Program. So this program is in place to help. Um, people between the ages of 15 and 35 who are experiencing their first episodes of psychosis. Mm-hmm. So they provide mental health services. They have like a clinical intake. Um, they do education, research. Um, so that's that's what the program is there. And I didn't even know what psychosis was. Right. So I had to I had to look it up. And uh, I'm surprised you're not a doctor right now with all this other stuff. <laughs> <I know. laughs> that was that was 20 years ago. I was, yeah. I had a doctorate. I was 24. I couldn't even rent a car. Wow. So I was I was a keener back then. Yeah. But uh, so I, I had to you know brush up on what you know psychosis actually was. Right. And if some of your listeners are wondering, well, what is psychosis? Yeah. So it it's a it's a loss of contact with reality. So the symptoms could be delusions, hallucinations, uh, paranoia. Uh, depression, anxiety, and then from what I understand is if these occur more and more often, then it's labeled as schizophrenia. Okay. So now I'm assuming that maybe uh, this might sound funny. I don't know. And I don't mean it to be funny, but but you're talking about those symptoms not under any influence. This is just in your normal... 
That's correct. Yeah, okay. That's correct. But so what they've been finding is that the people that are coming into the clinic and the research that they're doing there, the research that they're receiving mm-hmm. and finding is that there is or a possible um, relationship or correlation between the use of cannabis mm-hmm. or marijuana. If I can use marijuana, I heard it could be a... Uh, um, racist. Right, that's right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, God, don't get me started on that. I don't so know how that happens. I'll use all the different words. <laughs> but but there there could be a relationship between, you know, smoking weed and psychosis. And so they you know, they they figured there there is enough research out there to to prove that. And so they wanted to do a campaign, an awareness campaign, not an right. anti-marijuana campaign, but an right. awareness one <clears throat> that, you know, that that kids and adolescents should wait until their brains are fully developed um, before they they smoke marijuana. Right. So, was it their idea to make it a weed myths campaign? Like you could, I'm trying to imagine mm-hmm. a, a campaign for for this subject could have gone in any direction, and it did. Yeah, it did. It did. So, you're preparing for this thing now again. It, I'm just curious about, because the weed myth strategy, like, and again, maybe I'll just talk a little bit about this. So I'm just looking at one of the, the pieces right here is a, is a transit shelter, and it just says, there's a big headline, it says, it's a question, and it says, weed is harmless, and then there's a, a line down below that says, maybe it's not just a bad trip, and you've got some facts in there, right? I can't quite see see the facts here, but it's 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 uh, outlining some potential symptoms. That's right, right? Like depression, anxiety, psychosis, right. paranoia. So this could have gone... So many ways. Uh, yes. How do you get here? So what we did is, you know, as as an agency, we were excited to move forward, and you know, the staff were like, "Oh, free samples," you know. They, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We got to try it. You right? got to try and do yeah. some research. Yeah. So you know, that's how it kind of started. And, and the ironic thing about this is, the day that we got the green light to do this project, uh, in came through our front doors was a grow up from Atlanta, Canada, wanting help with their branding and marketing. Oh, no way. Yes, the exact same day. Wow. Okay, yeah. so you're immersed at this point. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> it might have been a conflict of interest as yeah. well. Yeah. Um, also on that same day, my wife started um, working at the uh, intake hospital for uh, mental health in okay. Dartmouth. So we can talk about that as well and, and what sure. she um, experienced working there. But um, regarding the this this campaign, so as a good agency, we went out and started doing research, and we went you know to look across the world and see you know what's what's out there. Is there mm-hmm. anti marijuana campaigns or uh, educational campaigns out there? Mm-hmm. And we didn't find much at all. There was hardly because nobody wants to do it. No one. Wants to. <laughs> There's maybe there was no reason to. I don't know. Yeah. And there was a few, but um, they weren't that great. Sure. And so we were, you know, we were kind of shocked at that, and like, well, where where do we where do we go? There was one in Australia. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I wanted to talk about this one. Okay, <laughs> I'll describe it. So, okay. so what was it called? Weed sloth. It was called. Um, uh, what does it say? Uh, so here's the ad. Basically, mm-hmm. the ads are. I think one of them starts off with uh, a classroom full of students. Yes. Uh, probably yep. in that age bracket that you were describing, like 16, 17, maybe. Yep. Um, and the teacher's asking for their uh, results of their test or telling them that it's all done. They got to put their pencils down, the time's up. And then you, you see that one of the students is literally the, a sloth, the animal. Yeah. And the sloth is being very slothy, right? Stoner <clears throat> sloth. That's it, stoner yeah. sloth. And sh- the teacher calls it that. Yes. The teacher says, oh, stoner sloth. And she looks down at the paper and there's nothing done. 
And there's a couple other ones, but um, there's the family one. They're around the uh, the kitchen table or dining room table, right? And the mother asks, "Pass, please pass the salt." So it takes him a few minutes mm-hmm. to really comprehend what the question is, right? And, and then in the end, he passes a bowl of salad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I'm trying to be uh, diplomatic in, in in the way I position this, but I read all the comments when you shared that spot with me. Um, and they were brutal. I mean, people yep. really ripped this up. Yep. Why do you think that is? Uh, people are very passionate about their marijuana. Yeah, and uh, I'll, a little later, I can explain. I can tell some of the responses as well. Sure, well, let's and, do it. Well, there it, it was very passionate. Yeah, <laughs> very passionate. And we allowed yeah. you know the comments to show up because we did uh, advertise on Instagram and and YouTube mm-hmm. and. You could hear the angry typing as soon as that campaign launched. Yeah, the people were pretty upset by it. So upset. And I would say out of, you know, every hundred comments, there might have been one good one. Yeah. But other than that, it was it was brutal. Yeah. I mean, my take on it was, you know, if you were trying to get to people who were potential users of this, and that's how you chose to do it. Yeah. I mean, I can understand, even I was like, well, that's a bit much. I mean... Now you want me to listen to this? Yeah. Like, you know, so so you saw that. Saw it. And then what? You go, uh, this is the wrong way to do that's it. That's the wrong way to do it. Yeah. And we continued our, our research. So we 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 actually found a um a research done by the Canadian government. So oh, they yeah. did a focus group um with a bunch of teens because they wanted to know, well, why are why are teenagers smoking? Um, if we were to do a campaign, how how would we approach it? What would be the the media channels that we would use? What would be the messaging? Um, and after a hundred pages, their conclusion was, we don't know. Yeah, of course. We don't know how to talk to teens yeah. <laughs> about this, yeah. which, you know, I have two teens and, uh, mm-hmm. I could agree it could be yeah. a very difficult, but what they did uncover was that, um, the, the teens had, um, perceptions of what marijuana is. Right. And <clears throat> so they called it myths because those perceptions didn't always jive with what the scientific right. community and the medical community know as potentially facts. And so they would be things like, it's harmless. Yeah, so like, cannabis is natural, therefore it's harmless. Okay. Yeah. Uh, everyone is smoking pot. Uh, cannabis helps you think and focus. It's fine to smoke while you drive. Right. Uh, cannabis isn't addictive. So this is the things that they're they're thinking now. That's or, right. Right. Yeah. yeah. And so there was a, there was about twenty or so that they pulled from this. So we were able to use that information to help shape our our campaign. There was also a number of studies. If you Google, you know, uh, the relationship between cannabis and psychosis, there's pages yeah. and pages of it on the internet. Really. And initially, <clears throat> the the um, the research I didn't find that great because they didn't know if the cannabis was causing psychosis or were people using cannabis to treat psychosis? Because they were already feeling, having symptoms of psychosis. That's right. right yeah. So the newer, the newer research was much better. So they took an account, okay, we have a baseline. Let's establish the baseline. Mm-hmm. Now let's introduce marijuana and see what, how the, it triggers the psychosis. And they found that there was a correlation and psychosis did increase. Wow. So, so you... What happened after you ran this campaign? Do you have the, any results of this? Uh, the results, yeah, there was, there was, um, the client was very happy with, with the results. Mm-hmm. Like I said, initially, as soon as, you know, we launched, it was, it was mayhem. Oh, I bet. It was yeah. negative and like some of the, uh, 
I think I have some of them here. Some of them were saying, you know, good old-fashioned fear-mongering or propaganda at its saddest. Yeah, right. Um, but I love my Satan's cabbage. Oh, jeez. <laughs> you know, weed is bad, yeah. but it made me eat all my groceries, and now I have to go to the food bank. Right. You know, so yeah. it was brutal. And then the ones that came through the website, because we also created a website, they were even more passionate because they could mm-hmm. write, like, letters and, you know, like, we're going to sue, Say whatever sue they want. you and yeah. all this stuff. So it was it was really harsh. But once it 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 the campaign migrated past or away from the target demographic that we were advertising to, mm-hmm. then we got more people interested. So we got TV coverage. The TV station started right. there. Um, the New Brunswick government wanted our help. Um, the, there was a college in the States that just contacted us, wants us to, you know, wants to use our campaign. Oh, wow. Ontario Mental Health contacted us as well, wants to use our campaign. And then we were getting messages from medical doctors saying, please send us more information and pamphlets and posters, which we all had, you know, because on a weekly basis, we see cases like this walking through our office and we need help to educate. Yeah. So it was a positive thing, you know, reaching out to those people and uh, the the response was good and the client was very happy. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I I saw there was a special a couple of weeks back on TV, uh, Similar kind of thing is what we're doing. Um, you know, there was four panelists, a couple of hosts, and there was, uh, uh, I think there was a psychologist on there. There was a workplace safety consultant. There was a bunch of people. And one of the questions that came up was whether or not this idea of legalizing it and talking about it so often was helping or was it helping making it any worse or making it any better? better excuse me. <clears throat> and one of the guests there, I think it was a psychologist, had said, you know, it's, it's, of course it's helping because now we're being forced to talk about it. We're being forced to get information. We're being forced to ask questions. We're being forced to make workplace safety policies. Mm-hmm. You know, all of that stuff. So from that context, it's it's helping. Um, you mentioned, you know, you've got a couple of kids and, and here you had to do this campaign. Did you show them? Yes. And what kind of response did you get? Well, it was interesting because we did we did focus groups as well here in, in yeah. Halifax. So we had two groups. We did an older group between 17 and 24 years old, mm-hmm. and then a younger group, 13 to 17. And we used some of my son's group in the, oh, yeah. in the focus group, <laughs> yeah. which was interesting. I'm sure. Um, and it was interesting to hear their thoughts about marijuana. And I was actually surprised that you know, at the age of 13 and 14, they mm. already have their mind made up. Yeah. You know, we presented the myths, you know, with the, you know, the evidence, you know, to say, no, those myths aren't true. Mm-hmm. They didn't care. No, of course not. They they knew because they, they, they've seen their friends smoke. They've yeah. seen their parents smoke and nothing bad happened. Right. So, you know, we learned that, you know, if you want to reach those, you know, people and educate them, you're going to have to go even younger you know, yeah, six isn't that year crazy? Old, seven year olds. Yeah, that's so true. I mean, you you would have to do that because the first time they're hearing about it, <clears throat> excuse me, is probably in a social environment where it's happening. Yeah, right. So yeah. it's like smoking or drinking. Same idea. Yeah. <clears throat> so they've got to. Yeah, that's a good point. You got to go sooner. Yeah. How how? So if you're talking, if you're showing this to your kids, mm-hmm. then you you must be talking about it. Yes. So have you spoken to them about it? Yeah. Again. The perception is is that it's not bad. My friends are doing it. Mm. You know, they're smoking it mm-hmm. at lunchtime. Yeah. I might try it. Crazy. You know? Yeah. And, and how did you respond? Well, as a parent, you can't do anything. Yeah. You can't stop. You can't wait out the school, you know, at the at the gas station where they're doing it back yeah. there, you know, behind the gas station. You know what's happening. Yeah. 
but you know you have to educate them and, to educate. and so one of the campaigns that was specific for them because we did two one for the older but dealing with psychosis yeah. we did the younger dealing with the driving right you know because they are going to start driving soon and yeah. they're they have older friends that are driving and so if they know hey you've just been smoking maybe i shouldn't go in the car with you mm-hmm. yeah you know it, so it might help it's almost like it has to be I mean, I guess you could argue that this was the case a long time ago, but it's it's now it really has to be part of one of the conversations you have to have with your kids, you yes. know? Yeah. Like if it was sex and alcohol before, I mean, drugs, but I guess now it's just, to me, I almost feel like now this legalization, I want to talk a little bit about this with you, mm-hmm. almost gives you the perception that it's definitely okay now. That's right. Well, it's, it's fucking legal. What's the problem now? Well, and that's what <laughs> that's what came up too. Right. You said the government allowing it. Well, how could it be bad? Mm-hmm. You know, it's only it's only grass. Yeah. Nerb. Yeah. Drink a bottle of vodka and see how that goes. Well, that's like, right. You know? <laughs> 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 yeah. I mean, got You got to add it to the mix mm-hmm. for sure. So, how do you feel about it personally? Like legalization, regulation. Well, when I before I started this whole process, I was all for legalization. Like, I was like, the government shouldn't be involved in this. Right. You know, this is, you know, a choice that, you know, a person can make. It's a, it's natural. It's, it's grass. Right. You know, you're not harming anyone. Right. Um, but I think yeah. after, you know, doing the research and seeing, you know, listening to the stories of people, you know, my wife working at the, the mental intake right. hospital, you know, and I was talking to her one evening about this and, and I asked her, is this you know, legit? Is this something that's really happening? And she goes, about 90% of the people that come through our doors at the hospital that are dealing with psychosis um, are are marijuana users. It's that high? It's that high. Wow. And I was was shocked by that. Well, it's surprising me right now. That's crazy. So, you know, in my mind, you know, if there's smoke, there's, you know, weed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, yeah. That, that, that there's something, there's got to be something there. Right. And and I hope when the government is firming up the laws that they look into this, that, you know, you know, the science, scientists have found that, you know, psychosis involves dopamine neurotransmitters. Right. You know, and they're not working properly. Cannabis actually influence, influences those exact neurotransmitters. Right. So there's something there and there's, there's something a connection. That, to, to look at, you yeah. know, and we live in such a protective society now. You know, we have seatbelts in the back of cars now. Right, yeah. You know, it are, some of us vaccinate our kids. Yeah. You know, we, we have to wear helmets yeah. when we're biking, yeah. you know. So if, you know, we're doing those things and there's a potential that something could be damaging the brains of our children, you know, perhaps, you know, we should look at that and, and and maybe even wait until the brain is fully developed at mm-hmm. the age of 24. And so, so you, well, that's interesting. 24 is what, what makes you say 24? Because I think lay, the age here at least is going to be 19, I think. Yeah. Um, so. so why, why, why did you say 24? Well, that's when the brain is fully developed. Right. And that's what the really. Race. I don't know if mine's fully developed. I know. Yet. <laughs> some of us, some of us, mine still. Yeah, I think mine's degenerating. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Mine was at one point. It's going the other way. That's right. Yeah. And so I think that's that was the whole purpose of the campaign. Right. So not to say no, but that's to right. say just understand it, know what you're getting into, kind of thing. That's right. I don't know, man. I feel like it would be almost impossible. I mean, really. To to. I mean, I don't know. I'm thinking about me. 
uh, I was probably 17 or 16, which some would say was late the first time I ever tried it. Mm. Uh, I don't know how you would get people to stop. And 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 I guess it's a, is it a question? I'm genuinely curious about this. Is it a, you know, stay away from it completely until you're 24? Or is it like, sure, you know, moderation's fine. Like, it won't hurt you. Like, what what do you know about that? What I've heard from from the Department of Psychiatry is that, you know, it's not going to affect everyone the same way. Of course. And yeah. everyone has, you know, they're predisposed to certain things. Yeah. Their brain architecture is is different. Everyone's is different. Mm-hmm. So sometimes it only takes one puff. Yeah. And it could trigger something in your mind, in your yeah. brain. And so we don't know. And so that's why they're saying don't, yeah. don't do it. It's best to stay away to from stay it. stay away until yeah. you're 24. Yeah. Yeah, geez, I, yeah, that's a challenge, man. Yeah. I think that's going to be a challenge. It was tough. We yeah. when we were holding the focus groups, we also did uh, we did a visuals. Oh yeah, to go along with the myths. Yeah, you know, and you know, they all laughed. I don't. Oh really? <laughs> it was it was hard, you know, as you know, a creative person. And oh, yeah, I'm very you, familiar with that. <laughs> you put a lot of thought and time into it, but I'm I'm glad they did because I wouldn't want to waste time and and money putting out a campaign that that didn't work and didn't resonate. Right. Yeah, of course not. So we learned. And even if, I mean, and I was going to ask you that, I guess what was considered a success with this campaign? I mean, I, I would have, if it was, you know, if we were doing it, I would have gone into this campaign feeling like, okay, what, what are we actually trying to accomplish here? You know, because are we going to get people to stop? Are we, is it to generate the discussion? Was there a, was the call to action here to reach out to the Mental Health Foundation? Or what was the, what were you asking people to do? Well, it was, you know, the, it, the campaign was also limited by funds. You know, of course, yeah, yeah. You know, so of course we had a, a grand scheme of, you know, we're going to go into the schools and mm-hmm. do events in the schools and, mm-hmm. and it'd be so much more. And then people, there'd be testimonials and, and just, it's education. Yeah, so right. that, that was the main premise is see, let's see if we can educate. Let's see what, you know, what resonates, what, you know, comes back to us. Yeah. So that if we do another campaign in the future, we know how to fine tune it, mm-hmm. you know, make our message even stronger. Right. I just got the time. He just showed me the time. He threw me off, man. <laughs> I thought right. he was waving. Yeah, no, yeah, he was waving <laughs> at me. Um, so, do you think that 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 this presents more risk or less risk for kids? So, uh, I want to throw this perspective out. I was talking to someone recently who said, you know, um, well, it's happening anyway. It's already happening. You know, so they can go anywhere they want. In fact, I remember hearing a while back somebody said this. I thought it was a, an interesting comment that it's easier for a 14-year-old to get a, a gram of weed than it is for them to get a case of beer, you know? And I yeah. think there's probably some truth to that. Yeah. So do you think that the legalization, the regulation, and a large part of the intentions here are the health and safety of Canadians, yeah. uh, the reduction of the the illegal black markets and whatever other phrases we want to come up with, but do you think that this is going to be put more risk on kids or less? After doing this campaign and seeing the research, I think it would be more. More More risk. risk. Yeah. Absolutely. Now, what about the perspective of, well, if it's legal and you can buy it from a store and you know that it came from a licensed provider who's put all the safety measures in place. So now a a kid, for lack of a better term, can go to a, well, assuming they're of legal age, Mm -hmm. can go to the right place to get a product that's been tested and is supposed to be healthier versus some back alley, some sketchy place, and who knows what you're dealing with. What about that? 
And I'm like, I'm not trying to put you on the spot. Yeah. I mean, I, I actually think about this myself. I mean, I, my yeah. son's 21, you know, and we've had these discussions and, and I'm kind of going, well, on the one hand, God, I mean, is it better to have them going to a place where you can get something safe? And I don't, I don't just mean safe from a, a quality of product perspective. No. I mean, safe from a, what kind of situation are you putting yourself in? Yeah. You know? No, I, I would, I would say having it in a, you know, a, government regulated location would make it safe and, yeah, and from much that better. perspective yeah, yeah from that yeah. perspective for sure well, and what's your, what's your take on it i mean when you first when you first hear wow this is actually happening july 2018 mm-hmm. are you going wow this is happening like what what's your first reaction well the, i've got i've got a couple of reactions the the first reaction um you know being an aspiring politician is um the taxes Right, <laughs> you know, which of I, course, which yeah. I, but no, but it's a yeah. good thing. I, you know, it's a billion dollars a year that's going to be in, mm-hmm. coming in, and the, the provinces are going to share that. So that's almost forty thousand, forty million that's going to come to Nova Scotia. Right, you think of of what that could fund in in the education system and and our our healthcare yeah. system. I think I think that's great. Otherwise, that money was not coming in. It's not there. Yeah, it's going. You know, who yeah. knows where. So I, I like that, but I think. My biggest concern and having children is that the the safety, especially on the road, mm-hmm. you know, yes, you know, people might think, oh, you know, I drive better on weed, yeah. you know, and that's one of the focus groups. That's what came out. They oh, were laughing is. and saying, no, because I drive slower. Yeah, yeah. You know, but I'm like. You I've, also don't see the red light. Or that's the right. Cut. Yeah, it, yeah. I know personally yeah. that it does slow down. You know my responses, reaction time. Yeah, my reaction time. Yeah, and if my children are on the road, I'm I'm fearful. Yeah, and they're saying, you know, I saw a stat that um, uh, it was about ninety percent of the accidents that are happening because of marijuana on the road. That's also involves alcohol right. as well. You know, so there's that combination, mm-hmm. and so it's it's dangerous. And I I feel yeah. if we can get it so that. Um, you know, this could be policed properly. Yeah, which is another challenge. That's right. Right, yeah. I, I think that's, you know, a big focus has to be put on that. Yeah, I, I mean, Jason, that's one I'm actually watching fairly closely too, right? It's, it's, I think the last time I had heard, and it's been a while since I've looked this up to any degree, they were trying to develop some sort of saliva test that could give you the the response quickly, right. you know, so while you wait kind of thing. But I think, I guess it's like alcohol, right? I mean, I think at some point, you know, I've heard the argument from people who will say, well, I can smoke a joint, I'm fine. Well, someone else takes one puff and they're they're messed up, you know? And so I assume it would be like alcohol where they eventually just have to draw a line in the sand and say, this is the point that which we're calling this intoxicating, yeah. you know? If there's even a tolerant limit. I mean, I, don't, I have no concept of where they're going to go either. with that. Yeah, I don't even know. If I, we'll get someone on here and we'll talk about yeah. it. Yeah. Um, I had something else I was going to ask you. I haven't watched, I haven't looked at these notes in so long. I forgot where we were going to go. I mean, you probably, I don't know if you can talk about this, but you mentioned the the, the job that your wife has. Um, I mean, she must be learning all sorts of uh, interesting sort of tidbits on this topic. It has, did that influence your campaign at all? It, it reinforced what I was seeing in the research because it was all new to me as well. Yeah. Like I said, I thought it was just a natural you know yeah of course thing, and it's not hurting anyone yeah but you know it's people are coming into the hospitals people are coming into you know the the clinics at the you know and there's something there yeah i mean i 
I find the whole thing confusing, to be honest with you. Uh, you know, I can sit with a doctor who can say, yeah, there are definitely health benefits to this. Now, yeah. they would tell you it's the CBD benefits, the medicinal side of the, of the equation that is, yeah, there are health benefits to that. The trouble is the THC side, the part that does all the stuff you're talking about is what when people are smoking it socially, they want. Yeah. So, I don't know. We've got an interesting little uh, scenario on our hands here. We're going to have to wait and see what happens. So, have you done any more on the on the campaign since? Are you are you doing any more of these? So we we uh, it was only supposed to happen one time, mm-hmm. and because it, the results were positive, yeah, uh, which well the client thought was positive, yeah, um, we launched it again. Oh yeah. So it is equally it went just as well. Yeah. You know, we focused on the, on the teenagers, you know, we did the bus shelters, they were around all the high schools and junior highs and we were yeah. very targeted. So, you know, we used the money very wisely and mm-hmm. uh it the results were good. Yeah, I mean it I'm surprised there aren't these campaigns popping up all over the place right now. I, I have recently seen, there was one in Ontario, there was a, a, an RFP out for a, a campaign of the same nature, right? So now we got to educate everybody. Yep. Again, I still think the, pro- if the problem area is the youth, meaning whatever, what, I think your first group was the one that would concern me the most, the 13 to 17, 17 age group. I mean, man, I don't know how you break through to those guys. I mean, it's like you said, you probably got to start at six. You start at six. And what, what came out from that group as well is that if they said, if you're going to influence us, you're going to have to do it with graphic images. Oh, yeah. So they wanted the blood, the gore. Really, eh? You know, the, the body sticking out of the windshield. And they yeah. said, that's what influenced us to not smoke cigarettes. And, really, the health stuff. That, that stuff. So Yeah, that's funny. That's obviously has something to do with when they... So, I mean, I've got some experience doing anti-smoking campaigns and yeah, it's an interesting distinction between speaking to a smoker who's smoked already for X number of years and saying, hey, this is going to give you lung cancer. Yeah, I don't give a shit. Like it's too late. I'm done. But had maybe if you'd been able to get to them before they started, you know, and make it sort of unappealing that way, that might be something. But isn't it crazy? Like in my head, as we sit here right now. The fact that that we're thinking about we have to start that conversation with kids at the age of six. Yeah. Holy shit. Like, as a parent, you know, there's a handful of questions or conversations I think you kind of dread, right? You dread the sex ones, probably the worst one. Yep. <laughs> you dread the alcohol <laughs> one, and now you got to have the drugs one. Yep. Now, again, you wouldn't think that'd be that hard, but at six years old, part of what I'm thinking is, do they even know about it yet? I think like I think in a way they do. Am I going to be the one that introduces them to this idea? <laughs> they, you know, they know about sex at even younger than that. Yeah, I know. We're so stupid, hey. Yeah, like we are so stupid when it <laughs> comes to this stuff. We're so naive. So I, I tell you a quick story. I my son was I think he was turning thirteen or fourteen, and uh, and I heard a, a group of his friends sort of sitting around during one of his birthday parties, and um, there were some comments made about sex that I you know. Mr. Naive right here was thinking, oh, does he even know? Like, I wonder if he's even watching porn yet, you know? <laughs> well, I heard a few comments and very quickly realized not only were they, but probably had been for some time. Wow. And I remember saying to my wife, I think I got a year older on yeah. his birthday, you know? <laughs> like, so you're right. I mean, I think uh, they're exposed to all this stuff way earlier than we'd like to think, I think is the way, we, the way yeah. I put it. Well, the good thing is that we know now is that's where we should focus. Yeah. You know, if we're doing any type of awareness, you know, campaign, whether marijuana or what, whatever, yeah. we have to go young. Way younger yeah. than we thought. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So do you think it's going to happen? Which? July 1st, 2018. 
Probably. Yeah. Yeah. I know they're gunning for it. Yeah. Yeah. I think the thing that scares me the most is is um, what we don't know we were supposed to be thinking about. When I say me, we, it's like the you know the the it's, government bodies that are deciding how to do this. Yes. Is what they may miss or not have considered. You know. Well, they're not. You know, I know a lot of them haven't seen this research. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe we can do something about that. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, Tim, I want to thank you for coming in. It was uh, it was quite a conversation. I I, uh, I think I learned a bit yeah. uh, through the process. I, I I never would have seen the, the Stoner Sloth campaign. Um, and I'm You're glad, welcome. I'm glad. Yeah, I'll never, <laughs> now I can't unsee it. Everyone should Google it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, if someone wanted to find out about more about you or your uh, company... Yeah. Where would you send them? So we, we recently rebranded. Re so it was Kahoot Media for about 14 years, and now it's called The Camp. Oh, okay. Or you can just Google my name, Tim Kahoot. There you go. And you can find me. Thanks very much, Tim. It was thank, a pleasure. Thank you so much. This one really got me thinking. You know, I enjoyed that chat with Tim. I was very curious about what his perspective was going to be. Uh, you know, I've, I'm the father of a 21-year-old. And to be honest with you, I was left a little stumped after this conversation. Um, you know, as Tim suggested, as a parent, what are you supposed to do? You know, you you can't you can't control everything they do. You can't you know hide behind the garbage cans and the dumpsters and be everywhere that they are. So what are you supposed to do? I really did. Uh, I really did get get uh, kind of messed up on this one afterwards. You know, weed myths is an interesting strategy, but as Tim said, you know, we really don't know how to talk to teens when it comes to this kind of thing. And um, you know, every teen's reaction, as he said, was bad when it came to this campaign. They got very, very defensive at thirteen or fourteen, according to what Tim is saying. They've already have they already have their minds made up. They've already decided. I'm going to try this or I'm not going to try this. And so the first thing I did was think about alcohol or cigarettes. Does that mean that they've already decided they're going to try alcohol? They've already decided they're going to smoke. I mentioned in the interview that I've had some experience in the past working with um, uh, smoking anti-smoking campaigns. And remember thinking back then that the goal of those campaigns was actually meant to stop them from starting. It wasn't meant to uh, get someone who had already started to quit. The challenge in, in those cases is is just so big. And so, I, again, I, I guess I, I found myself questioning, have we really found the right way to talk to teens and discourage use until they're older? And is that even possible? I mean, 19 or 21, I think some are saying up to 24 is the age that we should be waiting. I mean, I don't know if you can tell someone not to try it until they're 24. Um Except for maybe the idea, as Tim suggested, that we start talking to our kids at six years old. Now, I don't know about you as a listener, but I, I can tell you that the, the battle that I would be having when thinking about talking to my six-year-old child is that am I actually introducing the idea by having that conversation that young or am I helping deter the thought until they get older? And, and I don't know. I think ultimately, you know, that is up to us. I've mentioned this show a couple of times on this podcast because I've been watching it almost as a result of what's happening uh, with with the cannabis legalization. And it is this movie I keep referring to on Netflix called Prohibition. And um, there is a moment in this movie where they talk about uh, going into schools at a very young age and, and telling kids how evil alcohol was to deter them from using it. 
So I start to wonder, is this the same? You know, do we have to get in that young with kids? And is the message, don't touch, don't touch, don't touch? Or is it some other message? And I don't have the answer to that, but this is one of the things that really got me thinking about it as I was talking with Tim. The bottom line to me is that the parents have to be the judge. And, you know, any parent knows, we've probably all used this phrase, there's no handbook for being a parent. And this couldn't be more true than it is right now. Uh, There are parents or to-be parents that will have kids that grow up with cannabis as a legal substance in our society. It's happening. So, again, we can ignore it or we can educate ourselves and get the information and figure out how we want to talk to our kids when they grow up. I can tell you that as a parent, we grew up with the idea, or our son grew up with the idea, and our idea was to stay close and find a way to keep him talking. Our goal became, how do we keep him talking? When that was the goal, we made decisions that we would never have thought we would make. Um, Allowing alcohol use in our home, but doing it in front of us so we could control what was being done. Uh, things like that that allowed them to keep talking to us and didn't push them away. You know, this idea that their minds are made up at that age is a very, very scary thought. It's scary in the sense that you have to start so early. Ultimately, again, it's up to us, the parents, to decide how we want to handle that. And I don't completely disagree with Tim. I think that, you know, by the time you're 12 and 13, you've been exposed enough to this idea, whether socially Uh, through friends at school or whatever the case might be, that maybe you do subconsciously have your mind made up. I think as a parent, we have decisions to make. You know, do we want to talk sooner? Do we want to talk honestly and openly about the product and about the risks involved and and help them uh, use it responsibly? Or do you want to ignore it and, uh, and hope that that conversation never needs to happen? Once again, it comes down to us. Um, I want to thank Tim for that conversation. It was very enlightening. And as I said, it, did, it really did get me thinking. Um, and we'll see how things evolve as, as our society does with legalization. So thanks to Tim Kahoot from The Camp. And stay tuned in a couple of weeks when we invite Rick Dunlop. Rick is a partner in the Labor and Employment Group at Stuart McKelvey in Halifax. Finally, a lawyer on the show. Been looking forward to this one. We'll talk about impairment, testing, policies in the workplace, and even what to do about those with convictions in the past. You are listening to Turning a New Leaf, produced by the Village Soundcast Network, and I'm your host, Sean King. See you soon. This was a Village Soundcast Network original production. 